Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be talking about the fantastic series Bel Air. We are joined today by showrunner, writer, and executive producer Carla Banks-Waddles and Joanne Alfano, who is the executive vice president of current programming at Universal Television. And Joanne, starting with you, I wanted to talk about the experience of, of having worked on the original Fresh Prince of Bel Air and then working Oh, on... you know that already. Who told you? <laughs> the internet's <laughs> a, a great resource. Um but I was so fascinated by the journey of, of reimagining a show like this because there's elements that feel very familiar from watching the original, and yet it's such an entirely different and distinctive world. The tone is completely different, and it's been so beautifully done in a way that pays homage to, you know, what this family meant to people, but in a completely different space and time that completely makes sense for current audiences. And I was interested in the journey of really figuring out a lot of those pieces and coming from the original into this iteration. First of all, the opportunity to do both, not many people might get in this lifetime, which is pretty remarkable. And having worked with a young, you know, we were all kids with a young Will Smith who used to play Nintendo in my office. Um, kind of hanging out together back, back in the day. But, you know, it was a very relevant comedy for its time and also did a lot of the things that a lot of comedies didn't do. Like we told some stories as funny as it was and how great as the cast was, we told also important stories and, and weren't afraid to lean into social issues, which I always felt kind of set the show apart at the time. And when Beller came back around, um, I think he came to Westbrook first, and it came in the form of uh, Morgan Cooper, who was executive producer on the show. He's a, a director who had done um, this trailer, this short, where he had reimagined the show and caught, he ended up catching the eye of Will Smith. And what was great about it is it took the vitamins and minerals of the original show, and it's a drama. And it's not a comedy. And that, I think, is the big difference is that the stories, um, it's not self-important, but certainly important. And, you know, we can do things that are both fun and have a lot of gravitas and feel right for 2023. We pay homage, I think, to the original characters without it feeling as though they're exactly the same people. I think they have been completely reimagined the only thing to me that has one of the only things that was just mind boggling was seeing Jabari's audition um, to know that you could find lightning in a bottle twice, you know, that you can have there's Will Smith and how amazing he was. And then, you know, see Jabari and see all he brought to it. And, you know, his honestly looking at his Will told Jabari he got the role actually on a on a video, which was one of the most fun, I think, moments we could have. But um, I think the show stands on its own. It's very different. But like I said, I think there's a lot about it that, you know, the legacy show lives in the minded people uh, of everyone involved in it. And, you know, we make sure and we've had some of the actors from the original show on as well, which is just feels like you know, a great thing to do. It's just been a fun thing to do. Um, but this, this show is completely different. I really, really love that. And 
you know, Carla in, in coming into writing the show on the first season and, and then stepping into the showrunner position on the second season, I was really interested in, in your experience in terms of the writer's room in particular, and just finessing and figuring out that, that beautiful tone and voice that the show has. And, and then going into the second season, how that's really evolved into a different space now that you have such a familiarity yourselves with the characters and the world that you've built, but also in the fact that audiences do as well at this point. Yes, yes. I think, um, you know, season one and, and reimagining, like Joanne said, this is a drama and sort of all the conversations in the room, knowing the things that we wanted to keep about the original, even though it was a comedy, there were things, you know, th that were said that felt um, important, that felt resonated with people. And even though we were making jokes and the characters were funny, it was about something. It was a show about something. And so we had a lot of conversations in the room about what do you take from the original that you love? Because we were also fans of the nostalgic IP that this is. And so how do you take the, the foundation of in the spirit of the things that you love from the original? Um, which, you know, was a family and they loved each other and, and just kind of going into that house with that family, the Banks family. And so those were some of the things that we talked about, like we want to keep the things that we love. And then beyond that, really just taking the risk and just blowing the doors down and just saying, how can we now turning turn it into something where it can survive on its own and, and holding on to the, the spirit of what the original was and not lose that, but then be able to just really take it and grow from there and have it become its own creative um, show on its own. And I think season one, the response was so good. And part of going into season two was like, oh, you know, we knew we had a two season order. So a lot of the conversation in the room season one was like, oh, well, we'll we can save that for season two, or that's something, you know, we'll do that in season two, because when you know, you have the luxury of two seasons. So a lot of it was sort of having an idea of what we wanted to do in season two, but also leaving space to um, respond to some of the things that the fans love in season one and those relationships and making sure that we sort of leave room to expand on and give a response to the, you know, to the fans and making sure we're, we're giving them what they want to. Right. And I, I love that you're bringing up that point there about really looking at how audiences were responding to certain characters, um, certain interactions, certain relationships. You know, it, it feels like um, a lot of the relationship, for example, between like Hillary and Jazz, that was something that audiences really connected to, or even they really love Carlton as a character, but they also enjoy the antagonistic elements that come with Carlton as a character. Um, and so as you were as you were sitting in the writer's room and, and going through development of the second season for both of you, how did you really look at how you wanted to kind of intersperse elements and, and really find those connective tissues to the things that you were really seeing those responses to? Yeah, I can start. I think um, you mentioned Jazz Hillary, you know, and, and in the original, there, there was not a relationship between the two. Hillary sort of rebuffed. So it was interesting to see how many people really loved the chemistry that Coco and Jordan just naturally have together. So definitely we're like, all right, you know, we're, that's going to be a season um, long through line for the for them and, and the love triangle this season with uh, Hillary and Jazz and LaMarcus has been like one of the most tweeted about relationships, I think, in season two. Um, and I think the other thing that people loved was Jeffrey in season one, uh -huh. people like this reimagined Jeffrey and he's mysterious, but we want to know more and that he's super cool. So season two, just wanting to, um, 
Gobo, who would give a little bit about his past, because there's something about Jeffrey being this man of mystery where you want to know something, but not too much. Like you want to keep that mysterious tone. And so just in season two, giving um, a little bit more about his relationship with his son and finding out some why he did some of the things he did in season two as related to Will and why he felt the need to sort of betray Phil's trust because he has this father-son thing, you know, and we find out a little bit more about that season two. So those are um, two of the things that sort of come to mind in, in terms of what the fans responded to that we gave them more of in season two. It's also really, um, when you look at some, like the Jeffrey character is one really good example of on the original Fresh Prince, you know, he's fun, he's the houseman, everybody loves him. He's a comedy character solely. And I think in the opportunity, you know, in an hour long and the dramatic storytelling, um, he becomes so much more than that. You know, he becomes, he's, if you will, he's a fixer and, and, he's had this relationship with, with Phil. So, you know, how they've um, worked together is very different than, you know, he wakes the kids up in the morning and they have breakfast or whatever, which is what the original was. And now this one is, you know, I think much more um, intriguing and, and it runs deeper. And I think, you know, that's something that I'm looking forward to seeing uh, in season three. And the other one that that really resonated with me because I have teenagers and I have two teenage girls and I see like what goes on in high schools and they go to a private school in Los Angeles. And, you know, that's what this show is, right? In terms of Bel Air Academy. And you have Carlton who really was, and I love Alfonso Ribeiro. I mean, it was such a fun comedy character and him dancing. And he was silly though, it was a silly character. And I don't think that's what Ollie is and in Carlton now. And I think the idea that we've had the ability to explore, um, you know, what happens when a high school kid is attracted to drugs and what that means and that you can be from a really great family who is in your life every day of your life and paying attention, but that the what you're up against in terms of just, you know, societal pressures of teens today in, in, in 2023, you know, that we've been able to do that storyline. And that's part of who Carlton is. And as his parents, you know, are figuring out and discovering what he's done and what he's uh, been through and Carlton is actually coming out with all of that has been, I think, some of the most successful and, you know, just as a, a viewer almost, not even as someone who works on it, I've really appreciated that story because it feels so real to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and it was, it was really interesting to watch kind of the scene where Carlton makes that revelation at the end of the season in front of his parents and they find out about this in such a public space and then to see how they both respond when they get home. And one of the things that's always great to watch in terms of the two of them as parents is they both come at parenting from a different dynamic and a different style of communication with their kids. And so do you both find that that really gives you a lot of space to play within? So, because there's kind of this cause and effect, anytime anything's happening with any of their kids' lives, you've got these kind of two different spaces of response that you get to play within narratively. Yeah, definitely. I think it, and I think that's parenting, you know, we, you're sometimes you're you're in lockstep and other times, you know, it's you're like you disagree and you have to figure out how to sort of manage how you're going to parent these kids together. 
And I think, you know, all season we've, we've been able to see Viv change from, you know, she's always been that warm place for Will, but I think she realizes, especially how season one ended for Will in such a fractured place and distrust of the family that you can't parent from this kind of control um, parenting, like do as I say, not as I do kind of thing or do. <laughs> Um, and I think Phil comes from a little bit of more of an old fashioned, like we know what's best. Uh, we're going to tell him how he needs to live his life and he needs to just sort of trust that we're making the right decisions for him and then coming in. And that did not end well for them in season one. And so season two, you sort of get to see that push pull where she's like, we can't just play puppet master with his life. We can't just dictate everything that he's going to do. Like we have to also trust Will and trust Carlton, you know, when it comes to taking, weaning him off his meds and even, even that story that we have to listen and it has to be, um, we have to parent from a place of, of listening to them and letting them be a part of the decisions in their own lives. And, you know, it's, it's so it's interesting to see the differences between them. It is, in, and you're bringing up that that concept there of of the fractured elements within their relationships, and it's a family that always comes from such a place of love. But you know, like any human relationships, there's always moments of fracture to different levels and different degrees. And you know, it's like we got to watch the beginning of the season where it was very much Phil and Will in in that place, and then you have different dynamics and elements at play within different relationships at different points. And so what were some of the conversations that happened early on in the development of season two of, of kind of really calibrating and figuring that out? And if we start with Will and Phil in this place, kind of how far do we want to carry this? What does that journey of repair look like? And then as they repair themselves, where do we create these other spaces of antagonism and conflict? Yeah. Um, you want to start, Joanne? You want me to start? Yeah, I just, the thing that I really appreciate about it is that, and the thing about the show and the approach to it is we want to be as real as we can, as realistic. So I don't, you know, where they ended season one and how fractured they were, it wouldn't make any sense for us to, in season two, in the first episode, be like, everything's fine. Everything wasn't fine. And it was going to take, um, you know, and that's, again, that's the thing you can do, and we have done in the reimagining of the show, is we really look at those relationships. And like I said, in, you know, in a comedy, when you're doing half hours, you know, 22 minutes, and there's singleton episodes, you don't really explore any of that. But this year, we're really exploring the honesty of a relationship between a parent um, and you know, children that are on the precipice of adulthood or or even in adulthood, it's a different relationship. So, you know, Will is not a kid and Will has been hurt and he was hurt by what the information that he got of what happened with his father. And he had to process all of that and process those feelings and work through. It wouldn't have been honest for them to be all kumbaya at the beginning of, of the season. It, it really had to be about, you know, these people finding their way with each other. And same thing for Phil, what I always appreciated about um, the Phil character is that you know, like he stood his ground, he wasn't going to fold right away. And then, you know, it was an evolution to see what did I do right? What did I do wrong? You know, in the midst of it, like parents weren't presented as perfect, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, watching, you know, I think watching those relationships, you know, grow and then watching to see, you know, how Phil was such an important part of helping Will through the situation with Doc at the end of the day, which was in a very different place of where we started it. So 
those are the things, you know, those are among the types of things that I think, you know, we really love to explore. And then at the same time, you know, we do have uh, the ability to do and, and tell adult relationships. So Philip and losing the council seat and, you know, um, his return to legal practice and what he's going to do, um, you know, and Aviv and her uh, career path in art and what that means to her and how that's reflected in, you know, what we also reflect then in the relationship with Hillary, you know, like, you know, how does Hillary feel about her mother's behavior as a professional and what is what is Aviv teaching Hillary in return? There's all those opportunities, I think, and it's where this is, you know, um, it's a family show on so many levels, but also like, you know, it's an adult family show, you know, and, and you know, there's so many opportunities for stories and stories in the future that will continue to explore all of these areas. I, I love it, you know, and, and kind of from what you're both describing there as well, it sounds like there's always an idea early on of what is the North Star for each character in terms of where their journey is heading by the end of the season, and then almost tracing back and going, okay, well, if this is where Carlton's going to be at the end of the season, if this is where Ashley and Hillary are going to be at the end of the season, how do we want to carry them from point A to point B? So once you have that North Star for the characters, how do you all work to, to kind of trace back to the beginning and then fill in the space and the, all the gaps in the middle? Yeah, I think, you know, some storylines, we sort of, we knew where we wanted to end. Sometimes you don't know where you want it to end. You just sort of long for the ride and eventually the end will present itself. <laughs> but I think, you know, we knew with Carlton that the mental health journey and sort of the anxiety, like we knew we wanted to tell that story and spend more time with it. And that we were ultimately going to end in a place of him needing, um, either to come clean or get a healing or or to be exposed in some way, you know, that he was no longer going to be able to keep this a secret. And so just knowing what we wanted to in there, being able to backtrack and sort of lay the, lay the train tracks to that moment of, you know, seeing him do well with Will and the dynamic duo, but then also feeling the pressures of that with the founders of the ward that could bring on some more attacks and, and then having them sort of be fractured themselves, Will and Carlton, that causes a little more stress where he's now left alone and feeling he has no one and then maybe turning back to the person we don't want to turn to, which is Connor, which also equals cocaine, you know, and sort of seeing that journey from him. We knew he'd have to hit rock bottom again before he could get there. So we sort of knew there were sort of these tentpole moments we needed to um, have him get to um, and have him be a little bit of the old Carlton because there were frustrating things in season one where people were like, grr, you know, he's, I'm just so frustrated with him and I just wish he would make the better decisions <laughs> and but I think it's a good frustration and so wanting people to get to that point where you're rooting for him to succeed and that he ultimately lets you down um, to finally get to the place of him realizing in this case I'm just going to come clean and put it all out there because I don't want to be this kid that you've seen me <laughs> be all season um, so yeah that journey just mapping it out it, it helps to know to know where you're going. And one of the things with, with Carlton in particular that it feels like a lot of people have really appreciated in terms of a lot of his storylines is 
it was never something where it was, an, you know, one one episode, we see him have a panic attack and then everything's fine. It really has very realistically explored what, explored what does that ongoing journey of a relationship with anxiety struggles look like? Because it's not something that suddenly goes away tomorrow and, you know, there's different journeys on different days. And so was it important to everybody early on when that was first con- conceptualized for him as a character that it was always going to be a central theme that was going to carry through to him or was some of it kind of going back to what you were talking about earlier in terms of seeing the way that people were responding to it from the first season part of how we saw a lot of the journey that we've seen in season two mm-hmm. yeah um Joanne you want to talk or yeah I would you know one of the things that we did I think early on in the season is we started working with a mental health consultant yeah. and I think it was a really it was a really important thing to do because you don't want to step into this territory without knowing what you're doing and and making sure what you're talking about feels honest and real. And, you know, we wouldn't, weren't doing this story to be provocative. You know, we're telling the story because, I mean, this is a truth. You know, as I said, I, I have teenagers. I watch what, you know, I, I watched during the pandemic and I watched what happened to a lot of their friends and a lot of the anxiety they got. And I felt very blessed that, you know, I felt like my kids were okay, but they would tell you stories all the time of what wasn't okay. And then, you know, you find out things and realize like, you know, there's there are stories to tell here that are really important to tell that also let other teens, uh, parents, adults know, oh, this is okay. You know, this can happen to, you know, this very good family in Bel Air to this very good kid who can be racked with, you know, anxiety issues are tremendous. So and and then once I think we got a sense that the story was going to go in this direction and, you know, it was like you parents had to be involved. They have to know about his therapist if he wants to come off of meds. I mean, these are the types of things that we got advice about, you can't just have someone go, I'm going to stop taking my meds. And that's okay. You have to like seed all that. And what I think the show does a great job of doing is, is making sure that we did all the right things to have all the right conversations. Cause if you're going to tell a story like this one, that I think is very important to tell. And the other thing is, again, you were taking a beloved character <laughs> and from the original, and you're giving him an anxiety disorder and a drug issue. Not an easy thing to do. So you have you have responsibility to do it right, and that that that's that's on uh, Carl and the writing staff who did an amazing job of that. Oh, thank you. And that psychologist was everything because to the studio's credit, they were like, if you're going to tell the story, then let you tell it the right way. <laughs> and so giving us that access to um, the expert to say, these are the stories we want to tell. This is what we want to happen to him. <laughs> Does it make sense? Or how do we get him there in a, in a way that feels real? Because there is a, a heavy responsibility once you decide to tell that story um, with that character and making sure that we're... Um, telling it the right way. And I think it was a story. I I think that's probably the storyline that I get asked about the most is the mental health storyline for Carlton um, and how important that is to people that we are telling that story. Because like Joanne said, people have teenagers, you know, who are are experiencing it or they're, you know, somebody who is. So it just felt like it was um, a very real story. And it definitely could have been one that after season one that we just sort of washed our hands of and just said, Will's in his life, all is well. You know, he doesn't, no more problems for Carlton. But I think coming back in season two, it just didn't feel 
authentic. And, and, and that is sort of um, the beauty of being able to do it in, in a drama form where it's not a very special episode and we're done with it. Like you can really take 10 seasons to tell us or 10 episodes, maybe 10 seasons, but 10 episodes to really just um, taffy it out in a way that feels authentic to a real journey that, that this kid would be going on. Absolutely. And I, I think it's such a, a reflection of the writing and, and the cast that you have on a show like this and the way that audiences res- respond so specifically to so many of the elements and so many of the particular storylines. And so really appreciate having the chance to talk to both of you about the incredible second season of the show. So congratulations on everything. And thank you so much to both of you. Thank you. Thank you for the conversation. A pleasure.